podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Brums the Word from Anything But Footy, brought to you with Cookery Sports, the official kit supplier for Team England. And, well, finally, after all the build-up, after all the waiting, after all the interviews... We are here. I'm here. I'm in the centre of Birmingham. Let me describe exactly where I am and what I can see. I'm actually on the balcony at the Central Library in Birmingham. The reason I'm here is because Team England have recently announced that Jack Law and Emily Campbell, the diver and weightlifter respectively, are going to be their flag bearers for the opening ceremony and more coming up between now and opening ceremony night on the podcast about that. But I'm here to meet those guys and also just because I have a fantastic vista of Birmingham here. I've got the Hyatt Hotel, which has the little bridge over Broad Street into the International Convention Centre. That's just on my right-hand side. If I look down below me, I've got Broad Street there, and just behind me, I've got the Canals and Brindley Place. It's here. Birmingham 2022 is happening. I'm Michael. And I'm John. And the 5,000 athletes from the 70-odd nations and territories of the Commonwealth are descending on the second city, like Michael, for the third English Commonwealth Games after London in 1934 and Manchester in 2002. Coming up, we'll be hearing from two of the new sports here in Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games, women's cricket and 3x3 basketball. Very fast pace. <laughs> very, very fast pace. I mean, it's, it's a quarter of a regular basketball game, only 10 minutes. It's really nice. I think it's hit home a little bit how it's going to be at the, the Commonwealth and, and how you're part of a, a bigger team. Fantastic. And differing locations for those two sports as well. You've got Edgebaston, which cricket fans will know, home of Warwickshire County Cricket Club, Obviously a test match venue for England's men and women, of course. All the history with Edgebaston. But then you've got a brand new temporary venue in the centre of Birmingham. Smithfield, the markets have been demolished. And there we have beach volleyball and the 3x3 basketball court. We've also got our usual roundup before tomorrow's opening ceremony of the news from the Games. And stay tuned for an exclusive Team England discount from the Cookery website just for listening. This is Brums the Word with Cookery Sports, a podcast from anything but footy. Now, normally, host cities of the Commonwealth Games get maybe six, seven years to prepare. But for Birmingham, they only got five. In fact, they got less than five, four and a half years, because in December 2017, they won a race against Liverpool to replace Durban, who were the original hosts for the Commonwealth Games of 2022. If things had been different, I would be sat in South Africa potentially now. But as John has said, I'm in England's second city. I'm in Birmingham, and the city is dressed for the occasion. I mentioned earlier on where I was on the balcony of the redeveloped Central Library, which I think now is less than 10 years years old so we're just near kind of centenary square broad street brindley place if you know the geography of birmingham and all around me there's new buildings have sprung up there's a metro now that runs down broad street all here all those huge infrastructure projects like the sandwell aquatic center and some of the developments in the wider region of the west midlands here because the commonwealth games is here the branding is all over the big buildings at the moment i mean i'm pushing things but this is how i imagine if you look out from the empire state building what the cityscape of Manhattan looks like. That's the Birmingham equivalent at the moment. I said I'm pushing things slightly, but I'm excited because Birmingham
Birmingham 2022 is here. There's Perry mascots all over the city. I said all the building sites, and there are still some building sites, some of the developments still taking place. They've shrouded them with these giant banners all with the Commonwealth Games and with Birmingham 2022. So, you know, the city is very much ready. I think like all host cities, there's been one or two teething problems with people picking up some accreditation ahead of the opening ceremony. But my experience so far, having been here a day, absolutely fantastic. Volunteers doing a brilliant job as ever. And the athletes, the ones I've spoken to, they just want to get going. Sounds like it is buzzing, Birmingham, already. I can't wait to get there uh, later in the week. And it's Perry. That's what I, I, I need to keep thinking. The mascot is Perry because all I want to call him is Bully from Bullseye. <laughs> a bendy bully. Oh, dear. <laughs> You've got to buy a plushy Perry. That's what um, the anything but footy second generation children uh, will want. So as we've mentioned, two new sports, the focus in this episode of Brums the Word. Cricket back in the Commonwealth Games for the first time since 1998. The first time, though, that women's matches are taking place and it's going to be a T20 competition format as well. Remember, back in 98 in Kuala Lumpur, England didn't send a team. In a moment, we'll hear from skipper Heather Knight and recent debutant Izzy Wong, who eight years ago was just a fan in Glasgow go soaking in the special atmosphere of the friendly games also new to the commonwealth games is 3x3 basketball which made its olympic debut in tokyo but for the first time it'll be played in front of fans at that purpose-built court in smithfield in birmingham city center that michael was mentioning men women and two wheelchair gold medals all up for grabs basketball is one of the biggest participation sports in the country but severely underrepresented in the media and with funding. So it's hoped this street-style game with a third of a court and one net could be the start of something. Now, Shanice Beckford-Norton already knows all about inspiring and legacy as her London Lions basketball team plays at the Copper Box in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. And she's told Michael she's thrilled to be heading to the second city. Um, I think it's kind of becoming real now. Now that we're here in Loughborough and we're seeing a bunch of other athletes around campus and. Um, we're getting our kit and everything's kind of coming together. Uh, our team actually just came from a camp in Cardiff um, and just watching the film on the teams that we're playing, Canada, New Zealand, and getting on the court and actually just getting all the little pieces and finalising everything that we we need to do to be successful in the next uh, week or so. It's kind of, it's, reality is hitting, I would say, right now. And it's such a great opportunity. And I think we're realising... Uh, the success that we can actually have in the Commonwealth Games this year. And, you know, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. We have a great team, great coaching staff supporting us. And I think we just, we just have a great opportunity to do something amazing. And is it an opportunity? Because this is something that, that's bigger than you as an individual and bigger than your club even. I think it's the sport. It's such a big picture. Um, like throughout the season, we've had, like at our individual clubs, we've had so many people supporting us. And then now coming together this summer and, uh, you know, the prep started a year ago, but playing in tournaments throughout the summer to try and get us ready for it. It's relatively new sport 3x3 for Team England and Basketball England. But I think we've done a good job of being prepared and having all the information and resources that we need to actually come out and do something uh, great this summer. So it's, it's definitely the bigger picture. And even in London specifically, where I'm from, uh, 3x3, is being promoted quite a bit and advertised quite a bit. And um, people are actually seeing it's, it's not just, just a street ball game. You can actually have some, some, some success and you can compete and you can make a living out of it. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like everyone gets to see what you can 
to do with a sport that some people may thought was just street or just something fun to do in the park with your friends. But 3x3, that's new and exciting, isn't it? Tell us a bit about it. So people that maybe haven't seen it, what are they going to see? What can they expect? Very fast pace. <laughs> very, very fast pace. I mean, it's, it's a quarter of a regular basketball game, only 10 minutes or first team to 21. Um, there's not really that many stoppages uh, throughout the game unless there's like a foul or a violation or something like that. And it's also uh, very physical. Not many foul, not as many fouls accord. Um, you're allowed to just play a little bit and be a bit free. And I think you get to see um, basketball players actually showcase what they can do more on an individual basis. You have more room to play one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's on the perimeter or inside, but players are allowed to be free just a little bit more than you would see on five-on-five. -on -five. The court is actually a little bit smaller than a half court. So you would have like the table officials and the score, uh, scorer's table, they're slightly inside the half court. But the out of bounds line is probably like a meter or so inside that. And then with someone scores, you have to clear it outside the three-point line, whether that's like passing or dribbling before you can go attack again. And that's even on like a steal or just any change of possession, you have to clear it outside the three-point line. So it's kind of similar to what you might do when you play with your friends in the park, but uh, just more structured, I would say. And how excited are you to be right in the, the heart of things in the centre of Birmingham, that venue? No, it's such a great area. I never actually uh, visited Birmingham or been able to walk around the town a bit. But it was, I think just last week um, I was able to go there and like see see the see the court and see the practice court and see what they're building and developing for us in the coming weeks. And the town is such a great place as well. I think uh, we'll be able to draw in quite a big crowd and you have beach volleyball quite close to us as well. So I think the atmosphere will be amazing once the games get started. How important is it to you to inspire some people, whether that's a young boy, a young girl, to take up your sport? I think it's one of the biggest things. Um, like I said, I'm an academy manager for my club. And like I have parents telling me, oh, like, when do you play? What time? We want to try and get down We're watching these sports and we want to be able to see you play as well. Like the support has been amazing for me personally throughout the entire season in this summer. And um, like I said, we have such a great squad and we, we have people who look up to look up to us. I mean, like we have Olympians on our team and top players in Europe and um, even like Hannah, she plays in at Stanford right now. Like we have such a great team and I think we can show a lot of what the hard work and dedication that we put in can do for this country. So it's definitely big for us to be able to inspire younger generations or even older generations, even even whether it's like them getting involved in playing or like volunteering or just being able to go out and watch and be a fan. It's such a big thing for us. And we need to encourage more diversity in sports, certainly in leadership roles in sport as well. Is that something that, that you, you feel is important? Yeah, it is very important. Um, I think me personally, I would like to see a lot, a lot more young girls get involved and maybe, um, basketball being something where they can like step out of their shell a little bit find like that family outside of their family like I have lifelong friends that I found in basketball and I think that opportunity is available for everyone it's just we have to keep it like but basketball is a great sport and we have to keep that community base wherever you go like travel doesn't matter where you are like America anywhere in Europe could be in Australia but it's, it's just about that that feeling of belonging like you really can set up and play anywhere, even without a hoop. Just I see kids like dribbling on the street, playing.
playing one-on-one on the side of the street and stuff like that. But I think we do need to do a better job of like keeping courts in parks up uh, up to date and like up to good standards where kids can go and play and like shoot on hoops and play uh, play anywhere really. Um, like Project Swish and Basketball England doing a good job of like getting people nets and stuff like that. So we can play where courts are actually, um, you know, nice enough to play. <laughs> I remember being at the Olympics in 2016, seeing Great Britain win a hockey gold and the explosion of interest in hockey. On Gold Coast, I was there at the netball and subsequently saw what happened in terms of that sport winning the medal. What would it mean for your sport for England to, to be on the podium? I mean, it, it would be massive. Like I said, we have like Olympians and all of us on the team have represented the national team um, at a previous when we were younger and stuff like that. So just people be able to see the the strides that we've taken and the, the stages in our development as basketball players and, and as athletes. And to be able to take that home would be something phenomenal. I mean, like me, being back home, I've, I grew up in London, went away, played in America for a little while. And being back, just that, that experience for me has been amazing. But now being able to be with Team England once again and my first time competing in a, a multi-sport event like this, something so big is honestly an honour. Well, all the very best. I look forward to seeing you in Birmingham. No, thanks so much. Shanice Beckford Norton speaking to me. She was at a visit to the venue in the city centre of Birmingham. Absolutely thrilled with that. And I think that Smithfield backdrop will be one of the standout images. There are always standout images at the Games. You remember diving in Barcelona at the Olympics in 92, Horse Guards Parade 10 years ago in London. I think Smithfield will be one of the enduring images of these Games in Birmingham. And the 16 basketball players make up the four teams for England, many with Paralympic, World and European Championship experience. Maybe the Olympics could be the goal in the future. Now the action starts Friday afternoon, three o'clock, England's men's wheelchair team in action against South Africa first up. The women take on Kenya straight afterwards in that first session. Saturday afternoon sees the English men and women's 3x3 basketball face New Zealand in their group games. Yeah, great to hear Shanice talking so passionately about the sport she loves and let's hope it captures the imagination and appears somewhat on the 200 hours of TV the BBC is promising to show. You mentioned that Saturday afternoon, Michael. I'm going to be there with my family my five-year-old is super excited about this sport we can't wait to see uh, what it's going to be like and what Smithfield's going to be like as well I've got an 11 year old that can't wait to watch the gymnastics this is Brums the word with Cookery Sports and still to come we talk T20 cricket with England captain Heather Knight and in our news from the games some crucial advice for you if you have tickets and just for listening to us you can get official team england merchandise at cookerysports.com and save 10 percent. just use the code abf2022 when you're checking out it's an exclusive offer from our friends at cookery cricket is back in the commonwealth games but as we're talking new sports on this podcast it's actually the first time the women's game has been involved and the first time for the t20 format 15 english players making history the first cricketers to represent team england at the commonwealth games there's international call-ups for teenagers alice capsey and freya kemps both 17 youngest members of team england the oldest members are lawn bowlers who are in their 70s issy Wong, meanwhile will get a chance to represent her country in a home city so the format Two groups of four, top two teams progress to the semi-finals. England will face New Zealand, South Africa, Sri Lanka in Group B, Australia, India, Pakistan and Barbados in Group A. All the matches being played in Edgebaston, 
two a day. England come into this tournament in full flow, having beaten a relatively poor South African team this summer, 3-0 in the one-dayers and 3-0 in the T20. The only result the tourists got was a draw in the opening test match. Now, coming up, we'll hear from Izzy Wong. She's a 20-year-old fast bowler, local star for Warwickshire, a very proud Brummie, as you'll hear in conversation with John in a moment. But first up, let's hear from the skipper, Heather Knight, on making her Commonwealth Games debut. Yeah, we're obviously the newbies in the camp, aren't we? Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's very different to anything that we've been involved in. Obviously, cricket isn't involved in any multi-sport events ever so this is a, a brand new experience for us one that's really cool um one that's very exciting to the the audience that we can reach um i remember as a kid when the commonwealth games were on just watching any sport that was available and just loving the the atmosphere and, and the buzz around that two weeks of, of sport and yes yeah, a chance for us to maybe reach people that wouldn't be interested in cricket before that might switch it on just to watch the Commonwealth basically and it's a chance for us to draw them in and, and hopefully get excited about women's cricket and and be involved in it in the future so um, yeah something that's very different for us but it's certainly something that we're really looking forward to. Because of course you're vastly experienced, highly successful and also used to wearing the England kit so what's it like putting on the Team England kit? It's really nice I think it's hit home a little bit how it's going to be at the, the Commonwealth and, and how you're part of a, a bigger team representing England. And yeah, it's, it's just nice to know that you're going to be a part of it. I, I think it's going to be a very different feel. We're used to being quite independent and doing our own thing, I think. So it's felt a bit, a little bit like we're heading off on some big, exciting school trip and um, getting to know athletes from different sport and, and being around obviously the city of Birmingham and, and getting to know um different athletes is something that's going to be uh, really exciting for us and, and a lot of fun I'm sure um, and yeah hopefully we can be a part of, of what's going to be um, hopefully a successful game for Team England. And talk to us about those games you're in Group B against Sri Lanka, New Zealand and South Africa. We'll be match ready um, I know a lot of the teams will just be playing sort of warm-ups and, and holding camps and things like that so I think we'll have a, a good advantage in, in terms of being match fit and, and match sharp um, which is great and yeah, I think T20 cricket is, is such a mad sport. It's, it's all about what happens on the day and uh, one player can, can win you a match and, and a bad 10, 15 minutes can lose you a match. So um, yeah, we're certainly going to have to be on it against all of the teams that we're playing um, and make sure that, that we're bringing our best each and every match. And is T20 the right format to, to fit into these Commonwealth Games for you guys? Yeah, I certainly think so. It's, it's fun, it's exciting, it's, it's fast. Um, and the skill level's really there. And I think it's been a huge vehicle to push the women's game forward in the last four or five years. That format of T20 cricket um, with the, the flashing lights and um, various music and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a, a format that's, that's really fun and appeals to a lot of, lot of spectators and, and a lot of youngsters. So, yeah, I certainly think it's the right format. And, and obviously trying to fit all those games in at one ground as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how they go about that with the pitches. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think certainly think it's the right way to do it with T20. Because just slightly away from the Commonwealth Games at the moment, you you I think you were saying that you were quite frustrated that there weren't more tests available for 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 England women. And is the shorter form beginning to take over too much in your opinion? I don't think too much. I, I think actually it's really helped to propel the women's game forward, and it's um, allowed it to grow a lot faster around the world. 
Um, I still think there's a place for 50 over and test match cricket. We've started to play a few more tests recently um, compared to what we did before. Still not particularly many games, um, but more boards are starting to be willing to take it. But I do think a lot of boards around the world don't have the capacity at the moment to, to play test cricket. And um, T20 is, is something that everyone can play, everyone can compete in um, and be a, a bit of a starting block to, to open up um, further formats. But yeah, I, I think in, in an ideal world, there'll be a bit of everything. And, and that's what I think is great about cricket. It has so many different formats that, that appeal to different people. A lot of people might not like T20 and, and just want to um, have the nice relaxing ebbs and flows of, of test cricket, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think as long as, as long as each format is being looked after and um, is, is viewed as precious, I, I think that's important. So going back to the Commonwealth Games squad, you've got a couple of debutants joining your 15. Uh, it, it shows the strength in depth in, in, in your team, your squad. Yeah, it does. It's, I think it's a really exciting squad that we've picked. Um, I think a lot of it has, has been through how those younger players have gone about it in domestic cricket. We, we've got a, a pretty clear idea of the sort of cricketer we want. Um, people that are, are really aggressive, fearless, and are able to, to add to the, the really good world-class players that we already have. Um, so players like Alice Capsey, Bryony Smith, um, Freya Kemp, players that haven't been involved at all, or, or Bryony, um, not for quite a few years. So we feel like they really add to... To how we want to do things, the mentality we want to have and, and obviously the skill um, that they bring as well. And I think it's going to be quite a fresh, different feel. We've uh, obviously together as an ODI squad at the moment and, and six new players are going to join us for the T20 leg of the South Africa trip next week. So, um, yeah, certainly it's something we're probably not used to changing that many players. But I think it's a squad that we've picked that we think um, will really create a, a really good group that has a skill set to obviously try and win that gold medal. And is it too easy to say, or the wrong thing to say, that it'll be England-Australia in the final? I think that's too easy. I think T20 cricket is such a, a roll of the dice sometimes. Uh, I think, obviously, the goal is, is to be there, but I found in big events like this before, you can't look too far ahead of yourself. You've got to look at that first game, um, look at trying to get out the group stages as your, your primary goal, and then then it's all about the semi-final and, and hopefully a final. So... Yeah, I've certainly learned that from being involved in big events. You have to take it game by game. Um, but yeah, I think a repeat of the 58 World Cup final would be nice. And obviously it'd be nice to, to get a, a little bit of revenge on that as well and, and come away with the win this time. Well, we'll be keeping everything crossed. Uh, Heather Knight, thank you so much for talking to Anything But Footy. Thank you. Good to speak to you. So I'm Izzy Wong, a cricketer. Um, looking forward to representing Team England at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I had to um, had to think about that one. Yeah, it's a bit a bit weird, but um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, not an opportunity that many, well, if any of us thought um, we'd 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 get at any point in our careers. So um, yeah, I think we're really embracing it as a squad. And yeah, definitely really looking forward to um, getting to Edge Baston and showing what we can do. And of course, you play for Warwickshire. So is Birmingham home? Yeah, I've lived in Birmingham since I was four. So. Um, yeah, I was I was born in London, but definitely um, grew up and you know, I guess what was it? Born in born in but London, but but made in Birmingham. I say, um, you know, if I started playing cricket here, so I think without the the influence of the cricket culture in Birmingham, you know, I wouldn't be probably half the person I am I am today. So um, yeah, I've got a lot lot to be thankful to Birmingham for, and hopefully we can pay a little bit of it back this summer. 
on a broader note, what does it mean for Birmingham then? You, you're a resident. What does it mean for Birmingham to be staging these games? Oh, I think it's absolutely massive. You know, Birmingham, I think we get a bad rep sometimes. Um, unfairly, I'd say. Um, I think once you spend a little bit of time in the city, you realise actually it's, you know, it's a really vibrant city. Um, there's all sorts going on. There's all sorts of different cultures, different people, um, different things going on. You know, you never, you never have two days the same. And I think... Yeah, I think it's massive and it, it puts Birmingham on a global stage just to show, you know, exactly exactly what it's got to offer and exact, exactly how, you know, um, exciting a place it can be. You know, I remember being, I went to, went up to Glasgow to watch the uh, 2014 Commonwealth Games with my family and um, just seeing the atmosphere around the whole city. Um, I've, I've never been to Glasgow before. But I remember thinking, God, Glasgow's the coolest place ever. Like, the atmosphere here is amazing and you know, I, I bet a lot of that was down to the Commonwealth Games being there and everyone just buying into it. So, yeah, hoping that Birmingham can, you know, live up to and exceed those expectations. You're one of 15 uh, England cricketers named uh, for Team England for the Commonwealth Games. Will you be able to show them the sights of Birmingham, maybe? I hope so, COVID permitting. You know, I've got some good coffee shops up my sleeve. Um, yeah, no, I think um, obviously in the hundreds and... Last year, got to know the city centre probably a lot better than I have done uh, previously, spending quite a bit of time there. So uh, scouting out the best best places to eat, best places to get a coffee, you know, best places to, to get an ice cream, whatever it is. Um, I reckon I've got somewhere up to sleep. So it sounds good. Let's talk about you. I think you only made your England debut this week. I made my test debut uh, about two weeks ago. So, yeah, it's been a pretty wild couple of weeks, actually. Um, I've still not sunk in. Uh, it's still not something that I'm going to the Commonwealth Games, to be honest. Yeah, just trying to ride, ride the wave at the moment, I think. And I'm sure maybe at the end of the summer um, or somewhere through the winter, when I've finally put my feet up for a couple of days on the trot, it might actually sink in. You know, just, you know, just I guess just how far I've come this summer, because, you know, at the start of the year, I'd, I was playing domestic cricket and I'd had a couple of niggles. I wasn't necessarily in the best place in my cricket, but actually to kind of, to come through that and yeah, where I am now to just being able to enjoy my cricket and, you know, tick off things off the bucket list. I've been dreaming of since I was little, you know, it's really special. So just trying to make the most of it at the moment. And you know, Edgbaston well, obviously you'd encourage people to, to come along and support you guys. Oh, I'm completely unbiased, of course, but I don't think there's anywhere better to watch cricket in the world. Um, you know, the atmosphere there, you know, I think of the hundred last year when we had, you know, we had, you know, 10, 10,000 plus people coming to watch women's domestic cricket um, and that you know previously that was unheard of and the atmosphere in there was you know incredible and it really felt like as the home team in Birmingham people were getting behind us and you know I think that makes a massive difference whatever sport you're playing um, so yeah absolutely I'd encourage people you know especially these games you know I remember we went to go and watch table tennis in Glasgow we never watched table tennis before so you know there's going to be people there that have never watched a game of cricket in their life they probably don't know the rules but yeah I'd encourage Encourage them to get down um, and just to have fun. You don't need to know the rules. You don't need to, you know, hopefully the sun will be shining um, and you can, yeah, you can have a good day out. Two more questions for me. Birmingham 2022 is set to have the largest ever female programme in history with 2020 coming in and et cetera. We're seeing with the Euros that England are doing well in, in the football at the moment. Does it matter? Do these things actually matter? And are things changing for the better? They've been going that way for the last the last five, ten years. Um, nothing's nothing's changing. It's just gathering momentum. Um, like you say, the Euros at the moment, you know, 
Old Trafford being sold out for the Lionesses' first game, that's huge. I know you're anything but football, so you look over the pond, you look at the WNBA, like that's that's never been bigger than it is now. Um, and, you know, for us as athletes, it's really exciting, I guess, to be fortunate enough to be playing um, playing sport at, at this time as a female. You know, there's there's no better time to, I guess, to help to help lead the way for for generations of women to come and hopefully you know you know I think we're thankful for the generations before us that have allowed us to to get to this stage and to to begin this growth and hopefully we can just continue to accelerate that so that you know for the next generation of girls they don't even get asked questions about the women's game growing because they forget it was never as big as it is then. Mm, Absolutely final question then you mentioned about playing for Warwickshire you also play for Sydney now you're not telling me that Birmingham is a better city than Sydney surely Obviously, Sydney's got, you know, you think of beaches, you think of the coffee shops, you think of the weather. But, you know, I think Birmingham's got a lot going for it um, in its own way. I think of the culture and all the different cultures coming together. You know, I don't I think there's, you know, there must be hundreds of communities in Birmingham, all from different backgrounds, all of different religions, from different places around the world. And they eat different food and they you know, speak different languages. And, you know, you I think you struggle to find that sort of diversity anywhere else in the world. So, yeah, it's definitely up there with Sydney. As, as good as Sydney was, I love Sydney. But, um, yeah, I love Birmingham. Izzy, thank you so much for talking to Anything But Footy. Thank you very much. Cheers. Great to hear from both of them, Michael. I've watched more women's cricket than I probably ever have done this summer, I'll be honest, which is a good thing. It's on the BBC as well as being on Sky. It's more prominent. There's some young players coming through. I think you mentioned 17-year-old Freya Kemp earlier as well, making her debut in the last South Africa game this week. Absolutely incredible. But as we heard... And I did ask Heather if it was nailed on that it would be an Australia-England final. Now, she's never going to say anything but no. But literally, I cannot see anything past that. The big question for me is, can it be gold for Team England against the green and gold? I think cricket, T20 is going to be a cracker. If you're hearing a bit of background noise at the moment, there's some helicopters flying overhead. And that is because I'm sitting on the balcony of the Central Library in Birmingham ahead of the game. So in our news from the games, the fastest men's 800 metre runner in the world this year, that's Britain's Max Bergen, has been forced to pull out of Team England. The 20-year-old British champion missed the World Athletics Championships last week due to injury. He developed deep vein thrombosis and has now withdrawn from Kelly Southerton's athletics squad. We keep everything crossed for Dina Asher-Smith. Hope she's OK after struggling in the 4x100m relay at the World. She's messaged saying she's okay and will provide an update soon. Meanwhile, Team Scotland in judo have called up Andrew McWatt in the men's 100-plus kilo category after 2014 gold medalist Chris Sherrington pulled out this week. He had cruciate ligament surgery last year. Covid, remember that? Well, yep. It is still a thing around the world and cases remain high in this country and two Team England athletes have tested positive on arrival at the Commonwealth Games. One has subsequently tested negative, the other asymptomatic and according to a spokesman they will follow a test to release process. One New Zealand athlete is also currently in isolation. I think the message is look, let's all just take care over the next 10 days. And interestingly as well, we've had some recent guidance for those of us that are arriving in Birmingham around COVID and certainly not the strict protocols that we saw in Tokyo at the Olympics and certainly not what we saw at the Winter Games of Beijing. Uh, The organisers say, you know, to collect your accreditation to be part of the media pack here, you don't have to provide a, a PCR test or a lateral flow test, but some of the individual associations, so Team England, for example, when they are hosting some of their events like their flag bearer announcements, they are 
requiring proof of a negative lateral flow test and they are requiring some mask wearing as well. So there are still some protocols, there are still some procedures being put in place. And the reason, of course, is that we are just a, a day or so away now, aren't we, from mm. that opening ceremony when the Queen's baton relay will conclude at the Alexander Stadium. We wonder who will be the final bearer of the baton and hand that on to Prince Charles, who is going to be reading the message from the Queen. The Queen, remember, put that message in the baton around about a year ago at Buckingham Palace in a ceremony there, handed it to Kadena Cox, the Paralympic champion in cycling and athletics. That baton has now gone around all 72 nations and territories, and it is now in the West Midlands as well. So it was in Smethwick. It went to the Aquatic Centre in Smethwick. It will visit St Andrews, the home of Birmingham City. I know we don't talk about football and anything <laughs> but footy. It will also go up the famous steps of the Holt End at Villa Park as well. So it will visit many of the major landmarks here in Birmingham before making its way to Perry Bar and that opening ceremony. Now, if, like me, as I said earlier, if you've got tickets for the games, I was thinking this week, how have you actually got them? Because, man, I thought maybe I've... Is it because I changed my email address? Well, the answer is no. And I tell you, this is really, really important, but also a really good idea, that you just download them. And you can download them onto your mobile, and they sit in an Apple wallet or whatever phone you have, and then you scan them as you go in. Or, alternatively, you can print them off. So, look, you need if you are going to the games and you're thinking, actually, I haven't got my tickets yet... They are on the Birmingham 2022 website. Go to tickets, go to my bundle, whatever it's called. Uh, all is there. So gymnastics, 3x3 basketball, as I mentioned, athletics the second weekend. We're looking forward to them from a family point of view going to those. And we also thought, Michael, that we might go on Saturday morning to watch the marathon because it starts at 7 a.m in Birmingham City Centre. So we're really looking forward to that as well. But print off your tickets or download them because you ain't going to get in if you think they're sending them to you in the post. That 7am start is because of the notorious hot midday sunshine in Birmingham. <laughs> so they need to, like they did in, in Tokyo when they started the triathlon very early in the morning because they know how hot the temperatures are going to be by Saturday lunchtime. My first tickets are for the opening ceremony. If you were to ask me going off script here for a punt on that final baton bearer, Ellie Simmons, got to be a, a big shout, obviously, from the West Midlands. This is a West Midlands game. So what about Amar Agbezi from Birmingham who captained that glorious glorious netball team on the Gold Coast four years ago. Those would be my two predictions. They will definitely be involved in the relay at the opening ceremony. It's Brums the Word from Anything But Footy, brought to you with Cookery Sports, the official kit provider for Team England. And don't forget, for all your bespoke sportswear needs, go to their website, cookerysports.com. So here we are. We're in Birmingham. We're actually mm -hmm. here in the city centre, looking out across the city, looking forward to this Games, which is going to really encapsulate everything that's wonderful about the West. Midlands. London will have a little bit of the pie as well and John is looking forward to being covering events in the track cycling down at the Velodrome Forest in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. Brilliant legacy event from everything 2012 as we now you know approach or we are on the anniversary, the mm -hmm. 10th anniversary of those London games. So you know great that that Velodrome is being used for another huge multi-sport event. Birmingham is, is ready to go. I think you and I are virtually ready to go. So just continue to follow us as we continue to count down to the Commonwealth.
Sports Social Podcast Network.